Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Earhammer Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for coming back and listening. And I just want to say, hey, uh, please do me a f- giant favor and uh, go check out all the social media sites for Ear Hammer Records, which is associated with the podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all the places you go for your social media. Just type in Ear Hammer Records and you'll find us. Uh, great place to you know check out what's going on with the bands and stay on top of the news for the podcast and everything associated with Ear Hammer Records. Um, we also have a Patreon site where you can help support the podcast by becoming a patron member. If you do, awesome. Super appreciate that. You'll get some merch sent to you, depending on you know what tier you want to help support the show with. T-shirts, stickers, and, uh, hoodies, all that good stuff. So um, check that out. And if you can't contribute to the show and the record label, another way you could help support the podcast and the label is to share the episodes, share events, share releases from the bands. Uh, If you're digging what we're doing here, that is also a huge, huge help. So just share that stuff on social media. Super appreciate it. Um, That's it as far as uh, my spiel. Check it out. I have a guest here today named Dan Simone from bands Black Spirit Crown and Slow Wake. He's a musician, singer, songwriter, Dan Simone. Hi. Hey, hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Right on. Thanks for coming down. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen and, yeah. and hook up. I want to hear your. I want to hear some of the, your story because I've known you for a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where you know where it all started with you and all that cool stuff. So um, let me start by asking, like, what? So can you talk a little bit about like your current projects right now? Like, what? Talk about your band. Um, let's start with Black Spirit Crown. Okay, that's a good starting spot. That was the my first real one. Um, so Black Spirit Crown started officially, I think, in um, probably about seven years ago. It was me and uh, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with. We were in bands in high school and stuff all through that time. And he moved away for about a decade, and then they came back to Ohio. And I was like, dude, yeah, let's start a band. Um, I had not been doing anything musically for a while because uh, family, you know, young kids and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. they happened to come back right around the time when my kids were, you know, my youngest was probably 12 or 13. And so... My wife was like, yeah, absolutely, you should go do this. You know, I know she's, uh, I've always been into music. I'm a very, always been a very musical family. So um, she knew I wanted to have a band all this time. And then when he came back, it seemed like the perfect thing. You know, he was a drummer. I was going to play guitar and sing. So uh, we started going and then, uh, you know, put out some uh, Craigslist asks for musicians Mm -hmm. when we were starting. Because, like, you know, I didn't know anybody at that point. So I didn't really have like a network that I could fall into. So starting from scratch, we just put out a Craigslist hit. And uh, this guy, Chris, this Canadian dude, Chris, had just moved to Ohio. And he was like, yeah, dude, that sounds like something cool. So he came over and we were jamming in the basement. Okay. At your house? No, at Jesse's house. Is Jesse, so that I was just going to ask He was the first drummer. Who's the name of the 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 drummer you're talking about? Right on, right on. And so did you guys, you played some music together before I caught that fruit fly. That was fucking sweet. <laughs> nice, dude. Uh, in case you were wondering what the fuck I'm doing, like, <laughs> casting spells on you. <laughs> right on. Uh, no, so you guys played music together before he left? Yeah, we had been in like high school bands and, you know, right after high school stuff. You know, I think I met him in like 91, probably, when I was uh, a, a junior and he was a sophomore. And yeah. So we were, he was, you know. In high school bands, there's only so many drummers, so he was in a couple of bands, and we rocked and for years, you know, and then he moved away and stuff, whatever. Okay. But and, yeah. So. And that was original music back in the, back then? Or yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. It was uh, like kind of, um, let's see, our, our band in high school, 
shooting gallery. Okay. <laughs> nice. And uh, how was it spelled? Like S H O O T and apostrophe. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we were awesome. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and um, it was like kind of hair metal-y, kind of grungy, you know, just 90s heavy stuff. Were you and, singing uh, to that? Too, yeah, I was that? singing in that. I got that job because um, I got, they asked me to sing for him because we were at a, where are we at? Like a basketball game or something in high school. And like we were, um, what was it? Oh, the Faith No More, the real thing. That album had just come out and I was singing to it, you know, and everything. And the guitarist was like, hey, man. Nice. You should come sing for my band. I was like, okay, cool. You didn't even know you were auditioning, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I was hitting on chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Showing off your voice. Yeah, dude, like, totally. hey, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so. And then you ended up in a band. Yeah, I ended up in the band. And then Jesse joined the band after that, you know, after, you know, we cycled through drummers because high school and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, we played, you know, we were just in bands together for years after that, you know, probably easy 10 years there. And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me. As I said, they moved away, and then when they moved back, they they had this perfect house, man. Because we were going to be super loud, you know. And you can't just put a super loud band in the middle of a nice neighborhood or whatever. They found a spot. It was like it was one house in the middle of nowhere in like Bainbridge, and um, with like a state park as their backyard, and ne- like around it, like this. Their property was like this little notch in like the parkland. So, like, there was nobody for miles, man. Perfect. So he could be loud as hell. Yeah. And the parents were cool with it? Or, or oh, no, this was this was after... Okay. Yeah, after they came back from where they had moved to. So it was just him and his wife, and she was... Oh, she, killer. You know, yeah, she slept like a rock, so, like, we could jam kind of late, and that was pretty cool. And then, as I said, we put out, a, put out an ask for, you know, musicians, and uh, Chris, who's, you know, who's in the band now... Chris Martin, he uh, he saw our ad on Craigslist and was like, "Hell oh, yeah, sure." The bass know? player, yeah, yeah. And so he's great. He is a good find. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's a he's a hell of a musician. He's um, he's he's been in dozens of bands himself. He uh, worked at a music store for decades in Canada, so he's got like an encyclopedic knowledge of you know music equipment and. Uh, he did. He had done live sound for years, so you know that was all stuff that I was lacking in. You know, I, I'm not like I'm not what you'd call a student of music. I just like to make music, you know. So mm-hmm. like my thing is like, like I approach it like art. Like we'll just throw paint at the wall until it sticks, you know, and looks cool. And he's very, he's very um, th- theory based, and you know, he's an incredible bassist. So that's a good. Uh, has, it's a good blend. Yeah, it's, the yin it's and a real the yang. Yeah, there. exactly. Very much. I keep him from getting too um, scientific and too too obsessed with the details, you know, and like, fuck it, dude, let's just rock, you know? And he's like, well, wait a minute. We're going to rock, but... <laughs> That's good. You know, That's awesome. let's, let's talk about, like, how it's going to actually sound. Yeah. You know, so... What year is this, then? When that when he, he joins up uh, after the Craigslist? I'm trying to count back. That's probably, like, yeah. 2015, 2016. Okay. You know? And, you know, we've, we've gone through, uh, since then, it's been kind of a revolving door for us for with drummers. Um, Jesse and I had a falling out a couple of, after that, like yeah. 2018, I think it was, where um, we decided that he wasn't going to work out for us any longer. It happens. Yeah, it does. And um, so then we brought in another guy, Alex Wright, who uh, came in, came up from Canton, and he'd seen us a couple of times and was a big fan. So when we were like, hey, everybody, we're looking for drummers, he was like, hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can drum. And he could, man. I mean, he was a monster. It was pretty cool. Um, he's a... Uh, it, 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 it again, it was kind of like that, a similar sort of situation where Jesse was kind of a scientist. He was always, you know, very, very intricate and very specific about how his drums were tuned and setting up and everything. And, like, he'd get real experimental. You know, he would study different types of percussion and try and work different types of rhythms in and that was super cool and Alex was um, a very enthusiastic more of a I don't know how to, like animal or like mm-hmm. the Muppet you know just more instinctual yeah, like yeah this, very very yeah. powerful very fast um, but not as burdened down with sometimes you know the intricacies of percussion and syncopation and stuff like that so 
Did we, you? Sorry, not to cut you. No. Did you guys record when you had Jesse, the, yeah. the original drummer? Yeah. Um, our first EP, the Red Sky EP, we recorded in his basement. Okay. Yeah. And that was Chris's first real kind of diving into um, recording. You know, he had done a lot of research and he'd amassed a fair amount of equipment. So he just brought all his stuff over and we set it up in the basement for a couple of few days. I think it was two weekends and just kind of knocked it out, you know, yourselves just set. Yeah. Everything we do is everything that we do is all in house. All the, all the recording, the engineering, the producing musically. Um, and then like all of, all of the art and everything else, that's all us. We do everything. And that can that's pretty fun. I like doing that. So Jesse, so that you had the original drummer for the mm-hmm. EP, and, yep. and then um, shit, I forgot the name of the Alex. drummer. Alex came later, came next. Yeah, and then so Alex was a big part of writing for the second album, our, our Gravity, which came out in twenty nineteen, July twenty nineteen. Uh, but unfortunately, um, late twenty eighteen. It wasn't working out with him either. He was driving over an hour to get to practice, you know, and he had, you know, as life goes, he had relationships that were developing and stuff like that. And it was just becoming, it was just becoming obvious that he wasn't able to do it anymore. So we parted. It was amicable, totally. Everybody was good with it. We're still, we still hang out cool. when I see him. But, um, so yeah, that was 2018. And then, you know, so we're like, okay, well, now what are we going to do? We got to find another drummer. And then, the world fell fell totally apart, you know. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. So when you went into COVID, the, yeah. the shutdown, you didn't have a drummer. No. Okay. Yeah. So gravity. So part of Chris's project for keeping himself sane during the initial shutdown for COVID was really he decided to really dive into production and learn about it. So he was reading and watching videos and studying all this stuff. And, uh, during part of that, he, you know, really dove into programming drums. So he found some good drum sounds that were like live drum captures and stuff. And he just spent, like, we weren't even talking, like everybody was just kind of trying to keep their heads about them, you know? So we weren't even talking, but one day he texted me, he's like, Hey man, I started tracking drums. I was like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I learned how to program drums. So if you, if you listen to Gravity, all those drums are a robot. It's all programmed drums that he did, you know, and he, um, he had dive back, dove back into, like, old performance videos of us to see what the drummers were doing live, and he, like, kind of picked his favorite parts from either drum, drummer, because a couple of the songs overlapped, you know. Jesse had, had worked on writing some of the uh, parts for some of the songs, and then Alex had expanded on that. So he just kind of like blended in the best of both of those guys and um, yeah, programmed all the drums and it was wild, man. I'm excited to go back and listen to that. Yeah, listen to it again and, and, be like, and, and think about the fact like it, it's not a real guy, you know. And, yeah. some of, and there are parts where he was like, he would throw different, like certain strokes off time or like, you know, so it sounds a little bit more natural and yeah. not as like, I don't know, cold as like a robot doing it, you know, but he did mm-hmm. a really good job, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, it's wild. What were you doing during COVID? Despairing. Were you productive like that? I was not productive, <laughs> man. I thought, like, I was going to do the whole thing. I was going to, like, you know, refine my visual art because I do a lot of drawing and painting and stuff. I was like, that's it, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to do this. And then I was like, and I'm also going to learn how to play guitar because I'm just like, I'm a self-taught fuck around dude, you know. And I was like, I'm going to study and I'm going to get like Chris. I'm going to learn theory. And then we're going to have theory <laughs> talks and all this stuff. I didn't do any of it, dude. It was yeah. like, just get up and try and get through the day, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. My wife worked at a hospital. She Ooh. still works at a hospital. So that was like crazy stressful. So she was still going to work every day. That's rough. And yeah. like, yeah, there were days when she'd come home and literally like, she'd be like, you guys have to go upstairs. And she would come home and she would take her clothes off, all of her clothes off in the living room and throw them out because she'd been working with COVID patients that day and was just like not sure, you know, and it was, it was just really wild, you know? And, and I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. I, I was had to ask that question because I, I thought I had all these I, uh, goals. Right. I'm like, oh, we're shut down at least for like three months or whatever. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, I, and yeah, I didn't do any of it either. Yeah. I didn't write a single song during that. And yeah. Like, it's usually what I would do with downtime. I would write, you know. But it but, wasn't downtime. It was... Terror time. Survival time. Right, exactly. 
So what? Well, yeah. So what happens with Black Spirit Crown then coming out of the pandemic? So coming out, you know, it was um, one of the one of one cool thing is um, like our first gig back was at the Grog Shop's thirty first anniversary, and they asked us to play. You know, so. It was a wild it was a wild scene man because it was still nobody was sure if it was done everybody was like it seems like it's done mm-hmm. but people are still dying and it's still really bad like we want to so get out there like, and live like normal people but we swept with these masks and there's all these ways to, like him right. ourselves and right so you know grog shop crazy. usually does their like 3 day anniversary free weekend thing and so instead of that they just had like I think they just had the one show and it was us and uh, the Chargers Street Gang, awesome, yeah. who um, I'm really good friends with those guys. I've known Chris, the bassist, since high school as well. And um, uh, a lot of the other guys, you know, we've hung out for years. I've, I've hung out with those guys for years. And it was really, like, awesome that they're, they're like, let's get let's get these guys, you know. Yeah, because they hadn't and, played in Cleveland in what, how long? Like, I, I, 20 it, years, I maybe? I think it, at least a decade, yeah. Yeah, at least, yeah. So, you know, um John Neely, who is the the manager of Grog Shop, also went to high school with us. Oh, nice! Yeah. So John's awesome. Yeah, he is. So um, they kind of, it was just us and the Chargers, and it was a sit down show. I think they limited it to like sixty five tickets, and That's right. everybody it's... had to be at a table. Cheers. You weren't allowed to like stand up, except you know you could only have your mask off if you were sitting at your table and drinking. So that was kind of a wild set, wild time. And I know that they like tried to live stream it and stuff, but there were technical difficulties and the sound was weird. But mm. so that was weird. That was weird and cool because it was like really flattering to be asked. Sure. But it was also like, I mean, like we didn't have a drummer. <laughs> oh, so what'd you do? So um, so we got Aaron. Uh, oh God, I'm blanking on his last name. He's been in like Rue and uh, uh, Aaron Britton. Ah, oh, okay, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Glad I remembered that. But uh, we asked him if he would drum for us, you know, mm-hmm. and because we knew, knew that they weren't doing anything. And he was like, yeah, totally. So we had like a crash course, like two practices in two weeks right before we went up and just, you know, crash coursed our songs and, and went up and, and we did a really good job. He was a great drummer and it was awesome. Sweet. Yeah. So he, he drummed for us a couple other times, you know, and we were like, we were like really like into it. Like, oh, yeah, dude, this is totally going to be a thing. We got it. We got our new drummer now. And then he unfortunately got into a horrible motorcycle accident. I remember you telling yeah. me about that. Yeah, and like really took some damage to his body, so he was out for a while. Damn, how's he yeah. doing now? Yeah, he's doing pretty good, I think. I know he's had several surgeries. Um, I just saw him a couple weeks ago, though. He looks good, man. Oh, that's you good. Know? Yeah, motorcycles are fucking crazy, man. I hear you know. Yeah, I had a couple of close people that I knew that are gone from motorcycles, yeah. and they were young, and it's like. I get they're fun, but damn, they're yeah. dangerous. And he's a he's a very experienced rider. It's he does like he goes out and does like desert rides on on dirt bikes and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure like you know we talked about it a little. He was telling me about like the dude just like I think the guy like blew a stop sign and just yeah. t boned his bike basically. And yeah. he he's a, he was experienced enough of a rider that he saw it coming and was able to like throw himself free, which probably saved his life almost yeah. definitely because I guess his bike was totaled. And I mean, wow. he was pretty trashed even being able to do that. But like, that's wild shit. Yeah, I'm super happy he's good though. Yeah, that's great news. Okay, so then, yeah. So what happens next? So next we get um, kind of segues into the slow wake story. Honestly, so do tell. Not to go off on a tangent. So the only <laughs> thing that I managed to do of any value during COVID was. Um, connect with a guy who I'd known for a while, Matt Merchant, who is, uh, I know him as a local artist, he, uh, painter, and, um, but he also plays guitar, you know, and we were just like, you know, I think we just like crossed paths on Facebook during the shutdown and we're like, you know, he was also, one of his things that he was doing during the shutdown was just making videos of himself playing guitar and like putting it in. And I was like, dude, this is some of this stuff. Some of this stuff is really cool. You like know? YouTube videos? Uh, no, just like only fans. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Only fans. <laughs> He's totally naked when he played it. Dude, plug it. <laughs> Give him some biz. <laughs> no, just like stuff on Facebook, you know, just only Facebook and, and um, Instagram stuff. Okay. And um, I'm checking it. I'm like, all right, dude, this is pretty cool. And you know, 
just just from the nature of the stuff, you know, Black Spirit Crown was like up and down, you know, like we got together, we put out the album, we got together a couple of times during um, the lockdown and uh, managed to like, you know, record guitars and vocals, but it was, very, it was few and far between to be like, we'd get together like once a month mm-hmm. and then everybody get freaked out because you were with somebody, you know, that you weren't quarantined with and like, you know, I've... You'd get a cold and be like, shit, Chris got me sick. <laughs> like, yeah. We're both going to die. Yeah. You know, and then like, so that was like, recording that album took months, but we finally put it out in July. And then like, that was kind of it. We did the Grog Shop show and that was kind of it. And there didn't seem to be a lot of momentum there. And I was going stir crazy. Like, dude, I need to play. Mm-hmm. My wife is like, dick, you need to play. You're such an asshole when you're not playing. And I'm like, I know, I can't help it. So um, I finally like hit up Matt. I was like, "Dude, you want to jam?" And he was like, "Hell yeah, brother!" So uh, we got together and just were throwing, you know, OnlyFans, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matt from Slow Wake Matt. Slow Wake is, Matt is, is his name on. Oh, on I don't want to start any new nicknames. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Hopefully, Slow Wake yeah. Matt. Yeah, okay. not OnlyFans, Matt. That's probably somebody else. Although <laughs> sure. you should check. You should support them too. I no, will. No shame, but um. So yeah, we just we got together a little bit, you know, and we're throwing riffs around. We're like, this could be pretty cool, you know. Yeah. And so we started kind of concepting, like, okay, let's let's do a band. What are we gonna do? We need more people. So uh, we got together with um, a, a guy we knew named Eric, who was wanted a drum, and he hadn't drummed before, but he wanted to. And we're like, okay, cool, man. He got a drum set, and he had a he had a spot at Rock and Roll City Studios already. Um, Black Spirit Crown had closed our spot there because nobody was going. But he had a spot, so we would go over and jam with his stuff, you know, and he had all the gear there. We didn't even have to bring stuff, really. It was, And we were just screwing around, not sure what we were doing with it. And that was cool, and we started like, okay, dude, there's some songs here, man. We started getting some structure to some stuff and piling some riffs together and being like, okay, we can do this. But we needed a bassist. Mm-hmm. So... um we, uh, I reached out to Joe Fortunato, who's been in, who's in Sparrow Milk and has been in Venom and James and, you know, several projects, other stuff like that around town. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll play bass. So again, we started going and going. And as, as, as we're going, Eric's starting to feel like he's not the drummer for us. As I said, he, you know, he hadn't played drums before. He was teaching himself, you know, as okay. we were going and stuff. So... He, at a certain point, bowed out. Again, very amicably. He's uh, come to a couple of shows. He's very supportive of us. And um, so Matt knew this guy, Jeff, Jeff Larch, who is also in um, Reagan Leaf and, you know, as any adult drummer in, like, 19 other bands and stuff. So uh, That's how it always is with drummers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay, let let me ask you one clarifying thing for the listeners. Yeah. How would you describe the music um, genre... When, when people ask you about Black Spirit Crown, you say, well, how do you describe what that band sounds like? It's um, very intentionally on my part. It's 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 a it's a Matt Pike side project. It's very I, I, I draw all my inspiration from High on Fire and Sleep, really. Mm-hmm. Um, when I sit down to write a riff, you know, if I've, if I've got parts going and I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do. I literally sit down and I ask myself, what do I think Matt Pike would do here? You <laughs> that's, know? A, that's a T-shirt. And, I, yeah. and, I, and, and in no way do I think I'm a, a level of playing that Matt Pike is. But it works for me. You know? But I inspiration. Mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I, th- I think I like his, his riffs are, are furious. Sure. You know. Yeah. And uh, I, I that's what I wanted for Black Spirit Crown. I wanted it to be so genre wise monster. You, it's it's doom metal. Doom or Stoner, which w- it's it's probably closer to doom. Like to me Stoner rock is more of a little more friendly mm-hmm. and that's not at all our intention with Black Spirit Crown. And doom metal being more of a just terrifying derivative thing yeah. straight from Sabbath, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much. And um and so when Slow Wake starts would it's it has a different vibe. It, it does. So how would you describe Slow Wake for someone that doesn't know? Um, it's kind of like it's been described as post everything, or um, you know, heavy psych, heavy psychedelic music. Um, we've been uh, people have told us that we remind them of Pink Floyd. Usually older people, they're like, dude, mm-hmm. you're like like our second show this. 
old rager, this gnarly dude with an old, you know, beat up leather jacket, you know, looked like he'd been through Nam twice or whatever. Mm-hmm. He came up at, at the end of it. He's like, man, that reminded me of Pink Floyd in 68, man. I was like, <laughs> sweet, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's high <laughs> praise, man. It's a great compliment. Yeah. But a much heavier version. Of yeah, Pink Floyd. I mean, it's still. I mean, Pink Floyd was heavy as hell when they came out, and I hope to think that we're pretty heavy too. I think yeah. we get down with it, you know. I mean, we have yeah, Slow Wake is ver- is far more emotionally driven, like a wider range of emotions than Black Spirit Crown is. You know, where Black Spirit Crown is usually me working out my f- just utter frustration and fury at the entire world. Mm-hmm. Slow Wake is a far more emotional trip. Like it, it's it's sad. It's beautiful. It's um hopefully compelling and at other times it's just like thunderously explosively grind you down heavy yeah so we really try and and that's that's become intentional that was not the intention when we started like i said we didn't know what we were doing we were just Mm -hmm. throwing riffs at each other and uh, we're all very different players so it was like somebody would come up with a riff and somebody else would come up with another riff and like there's no way those two riffs work together Uh uh-huh but we've you make it make, yeah, and it's weird because um, frequently we're all playing in different tunings, and uh, we're also frequently not playing the same parts. <laughs> you know, so Matt'll have a melody that he's got going, and I'll do a counter melody that kind of dances around it, and then Joe comes with a bass player that kind of stitches it all together. Hmm. A bass line, not a bass player. He is a bass player. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really an interesting writing process. It's very different than Black Spirit. Black Spirit Crown. I I write probably seventy five to eighty percent of the riffs and just bring them to Chris, and Chris sprinkles in some some magic dust all over it. You know, with and all, then some how, of the stuff that he's doing. Do you guys collectively structure the songs then? Yeah. After okay. In both cases, yeah. And Slow Wake also. Yeah, it'll be uh, yeah. That writing process is very different. It's just like we just start jamming. And see what happens. Yeah, that's cool. That's you know, really we try fun. and when we do writing sessions with Slow Wake, we just get together and jam. And somebody will have a little thing that they want to play with, or got a new pedal that they want to play with. We literally have songs that are written because of pedals. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and um, and then everybody else will start dancing around it, and it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a very different process. Sounds organic. It is, <laughs> but to bring it back full circle, yeah, with the drummers. So Jeff comes in, Jeff Larch. And he's an incredible drummer, man. I mean, he's he's a, I think he's he's definitely a, he's a studio. He's conservatory trained. He's like multi instrumentalist. He is just a wild musician, man. So he comes in with Slow Wake, and I'm like, Hey, man, <laughs> you want another band on top of your other bands? So yeah. he was like, Yeah, sure, man. So uh, we brought him into Black Spirit Crown. So now he's a full time drummer in both bands. That's really it's cool. pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. So you're able to. You know what? When you have a so to back to rewind a little bit for listeners who don't know, Rock and Roll City Studios that mm-hmm. Dan mentioned is a rehearsal space where mm-hmm. Cleveland bands can rent a room twenty four seven. You go make noise, and when you have two bands and you can share a drummer, man, does that save some room in a practice oh, spot? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Nah, <laughs> we all have a lot of amps. <laughs> well, you guys have, I'm sure, a lot. Every of, one of us yeah. uses a, ste- a full-size stereo rig, so I have, yeah. you know. Fucking metal, dude. I know, dude. It's, <laughs> there's no room. There's barely room to walk through that place with all the amps lying in the walls, dude. <laughs> Good thing and you Jeff's, have one drummer. Jeff's drum set is, yeah, totally, because it's like all the way pushed back under this weird little closet <laughs> that's in there. It's like this, they have this weird like storage mezzanine on t- top of it, oh, and yeah. he's like, under there, and that's that's like the only spot for him, man. But other than that, it's amps lining the entire wall all the way through this like twenty by twelve room, and it's great. Do you wear earplugs when you? Oh rehearse? fuck yeah, dude! Yeah. Joe doesn't. I don't know what the hell, man. And he's got the best hearing out of the whole group. So really, yeah, there's something going on in his head. He's got something different. He, I get he's better than all of us. That's that's impressive. Yeah. I, I have tinnitus from my years of band stuff. Oh yeah, I, I have to wear earplugs now. Yeah, but it's some I know a lot of people don't. I can't. I can't imagine. I used to not. Yeah. And then I noticed like how bad my hearing was get getting. Um, I, I put that at the feet of Mike, Matt Pike too, man. I, I know there was one show where I, my wife and I went to see him in Detroit several years ago. And, uh, I ended up, you know, right up against the stage, right night with his full orange stacks blasting right into my right ear. And ever since then, uh-huh. like I have noticeable hearing loss in my right ear that I, <laughs> over my left. 
At least you got it from Matt Pike. At least I got it. I got it. I got it the right way, man. That's cool. <laughs> I earned it. <laughs> was that high on fire or sleep? That was high on fire with Paul Bearer and um, Venomous Maximus and Lucifer from Germany. Oh, right. That on. was a cool show. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sleep was one of the loudest bands I think I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I know there's some bands out there that are louder, but for me personally, Sleep was, is up there mm-hmm. at the top, I think. Um, so, okay, so what? what is your, like, what's happening now? Are you guys, so you have both bands going on. Have both bands are going. Are you guys, uh, anybody recording or planning on putting any releases out soon? Yep. Um, both bands, actually. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Slow Wake, we put out a digital album earlier this year. I think it was May. And um, four songs. That's, that's I your, totally just blanked. That's the first yeah. Slow Wake release, yeah. correct? Falling Fathoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's out. You can find that on all of your streaming sites. And Bandcamp? And Bandcamp, yep. Um, Black Spirit Crown also has the two albums out, all digital as well. Uh, we haven't had any luck yet finding a... Um, a record label that wants to partner up with us for some physical releases. So if you know somebody, send them my way. Do you just wink at me? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, both bands are currently writing. Uh, Slow Wake just recorded a new track, and that's going to come out. We're going to do at least a tape release with the four songs that we released previously as well as this so that'll be a, a kind of a bonus track on the physical release i think we're going to do cds and maybe tapes okay um black spirit crown has been as i said it's been up and down so much the last couple of years we hadn't gotten a lot of writing done but we do have one brand new song that we're super excited about we're going to record very soon um but we are going to release one of the things that chris and i did over um quarantine at the end of it we were trying to kind of bring ourselves back into the idea of doing the band again and, and getting all of them. We did a couple covers. We recorded a, a series of covers. So we're going to put out a cover album oh, sweet. and with a B-side that is um, a live taping of the first show we had with Jeff. So Jeff's first show with us was at Buzzbin in Canton. And uh, we got a good, real good board mix off of that. you know. Nice. And Chris brought in some cameras and we did some multi-angle filming of that and so that's you can find that on our youtube channel that whole um concert how do they find you how do they find your youtube channel Uh, i think it's just black spirit crown okay yeah and um so we're going to release that we're going to release the cover album with the b-side being that live show and slow wake's going to do the uh, re-release of our digital album with the the new single black stars as a physical release um not sure when that's going to happen uh Black Stars is that single is fully recorded, thanks to Chris from Black Spirit Crown. He does all our recording and producing and mixing and mastering. Great, uh, yeah, so he hit him up. Um, and so what's his last name? How would people find Chris, him? Chris Martin. You can find him on Instagram as C M A R one three eight. I don't think he's got a. He hasn't put together a page for his studio yet. But you guys should bother him. Does about he want to record other bands, or is he going to be like? Damn no, he, it, does, damn. He, does, he does. He does. He <laughs> okay. does. He does. He does a lot of mastering and mixing and post production for other bands. He doesn't do a lot of recording right now because right now he's he's just recording out of his basement. So mastering mainly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you could hit him up. He might come. You know. I'd I probably, keep trying to get him to. I'll probably hit you up for that Artemis Ward record. I was Absolutely. You know, that we'll release at some point. Oh yeah, I bet yeah. he'd be into it. He That'd likes your band. We played together a couple of times. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where that's at. Uh, New merch coming for everybody. Um, And then Slow Wake is about to start writing for our second album. Um, Black Spirit Crown is currently writing for our next album. And so... Dude, you're busy. I know. (laughs) It's going to be rad. Yeah, that's great. It's fun. Yeah, we're hoping to get all that recording done by the end of the summer. So let me ask you this. Then, What made you pick up a guitar in the first place? I know you when, the, when we first started talking, you talked about jamming in high school. Yeah, I was with, just a singer Jesse. then. Yeah, I just sang then. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't really play guitar. I didn't really start playing guitar until probably 2015. So, I don't know about you, but it's it's hard to write a song if without guitar. Yeah, without being a play, right? And if that you're was, just a singer, it's hard, right? Because you're just chanting. 
Yeah. Usually you're putting vocals to somebody else's yeah. like guitar stuff, right? Right. So like, I guess I guess maybe I don't want to repeat something we we talked about, but yeah, I guess I didn't catch when was that transition when you started to play guitar and become a songwriter. When I found out that Jesse was planning on moving back to Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was like, okay, dude, we're starting a band, and I'm just gonna do it. I'm, you know, the, you know, we had, as I said, we'd been in bands a bunch, but like they never went anywhere because there was always people who were just didn't want to really, I don't think they really wanted to get out there. They maybe weren't confident in the songwriting or or whatever. I don't know. They maybe they just, their whole like, concept of the band was just to kind of like hang out and make noise together, you know? So we never really played anywhere. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to be in control. I'm pushing this thing. And I don't want to deal with anybody's bullshit. So I need to be able to do as much as of it as possible myself. Yep. So I was like, you know, I had played bass, and I was like, eh, I didn't really have any bass gear, but my dad's a guitarist. Okay. So, and had been my whole life, you know. So, um, actually, my guitar that I use in Black Spirit Crown is a, is his first guitar. Oh, sick. Yeah, he's, like, it, it's a 77 Gibson Les Paul. Awesome. It's awesome, dude. Yeah, dear, dude. Dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, what the hell? And, I, you know, I play other people's guitars. They're like, hey, I just got this one. Check it out. It plays so well. I'm like, eh. It's kind of nice, <laughs> yeah. But it ain't it ain't it ain't the it ain't the Les Paul man. So yeah. I, I'm spoiled there. But so he had you know he had some gear that he let me use while I was trying to figure out how to play guitar, and I just you know learned how to play power chords, and I was just like I'm putting notes together until they sound cool. I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and then I had some riffs, and I'm like, okay, dude, this is pretty cool. So, did your dad help teach you how to play? Or a little bit. Like he taught me like basic chords and stuff way back in the day you know and i was never kind of like it didn't really take Mm because i was a singer Mm -hmm. you know i kind of self-identified as the singer and i was like okay cool i don't need to do that i got these guys too you know but and then would you take lessons or just self no i'm totally self-taught yeah that's stuff yeah i mean you got to just the dedication the want you know and then you just, just do it figure it out right yeah right that's cool and that's that's where it's like that's why I say, like, it's for me, it's more the art than the science, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't know what I'm doing, dude. I just throw notes together until I think they sound cool. Sure. You know, and that's one way to do it. I, yeah. And some, for me. some people can do that and some mm-hmm. can't, you know, so that's cool. And then, and that was pretty late then. You said you haven't been playing guitar, what, 10 years? Yeah. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Well, you're good. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Figured it out. I think I suck, but. <laughs> Uh, I'll tug you off a little more. I think that what, <laughs> awesome. I think that what sets you guys apart, your projects from a lot of a lot of that genre, a lot of the other like Doom and Stone or stuff. That you have a you have a really really cool voice. Oh, thank you. I think it, it's your voice is professional sounding. Like it's just it's really good. And so when you, I think that it elevates your your performances and the projects and the albums and stuff. Oh, thank you. Which is which is cool. It's hard, you know, if you, the, sometimes. You know the vocals, yeah, are a huge part of mm-hmm. what what you're what you're hearing. So it's it's nice when they're pro. Thank you. So and that's job. that's one thing I have had. I have had uh, lessons in that. I did. Oh, cool. For yeah, when I was younger, I was always in the school choirs and this and that. And so I had some teaching as far as vocal goes. Interesting. So I've known you for a while, and I I didn't know that you were like a singer first and then a guitar player. Yeah. So that's really that's really interesting. Um, is there any other like projects or anything that you want to plug or like social media stuff so people can go find shit? Yeah. So you can find uh, Black Spirit Crown is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, BSC Doom for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Slowake we're on Facebook and. Instagram, uh, Slow Wake Band on Instagram. Um, I know there's a Black Spirit Crown YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure there's a Slow Wake YouTube YouTube channel as well. I'm not involved in either of those. Okay. So, but I think there's stuff out there you can find stuff. Um, does Chris do the social media stuff? Chris does. Excuse me, Mr. Technical Man. Uh, Chris is not on Facebook, so I am unfortunately burdened <laughs> with that. It's really the only reason I'm there still. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeepers. These beers, man. Yeah, we're drinking beers. Yeah, they're good, but they make me burp. Yep. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So Chris does the YouTube. Um, 
he's usually the guy who's recording us. He's got the cameras and stuff, brings little GoPros to shows. So he'll, he'll make little cuts of stuff and, and put it up there. Um, Joe, the bassist in Slow Wake, is a videographer by profession. So... Man, you got to like scored all I like the, did, the dude. best. We got it all. <laughs> the best band members ever. I know. <laughs> like we can do everything in house. It's great. Yeah, that's. He's amazing. also an incredible uh, art, art graphic artist. He does uh, a lot of our merch design and stuff. Uh, he laid out the album. Sick. Together, yeah. Where was I going? With like social media, just like yeah, where people can media. find your stuff. Yeah. Uh, both bands, all of our stuff is on Bandcamp as well as all of the streaming platforms. So yeah, right. When you when you upload your albums, like basically anywhere you can stream or yeah, you know, listen, you can find bands. But do you do you try to? <laughs> yes, I'm burping too. Mm-hmm. It's like if I could, uh, when you when you're like encouraging people to go check out your music, do you try to sway people to Bandcamp? Because I don't think yeah. a lot of a lot of non musicians know that Bandcamp actually pays more. To the the artist yes. than any other streaming service. I yes, um, like I think I'm, I'm not sure what the ratio is, but it's thousands of Spotify streams equal one album purchase or one even song purchase on Bandcamp. If you're not hip, you should get hip. It's really the best place to support your your favorite local bands. Um, we can put we put bands put merch up for sale there. Uh, you can order shirts and t-shirts, whatever we have available. Um, and all our music's available there. All of your favorite bands are on Bandcamp. Like, really? Yeah. I, don't, I can't imagine a band that wouldn't be on Bandcamp at this point. I don't think I've ever really brought it brought that up in an episode yet, so I'm yeah. kind of glad I thought of it. Um, so, like, pros and cons, you can buy all your stuff directly from the artist, and they get uh, a, a, a very large portion of your, uh, of your purchase money, mm-hmm. dollars, <laughs> moolah. Um, Occasionally, they do a, like a, a free Bandcamp, what they call Bandcamp Friday, where bands get a hundred percent of the cost, and that's really helpful, um, mm-hmm. especially like you know leading up to a tour or something. Yeah. Um, whereas Spotify, you know, if you play their song, they'll get a, a fraction of a cent, like a point zero 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 one percent of a cent for each song play. So that gets it's cool. Like it's cool to be on Spotify because they're a lot more obviously noticeable they're larger they do a lot more with playlisting and stuff Bandcamp doesn't have a lot of support for that they're starting i think they're starting to move into that mm-hmm. but it's not there yet so like if you wanted to listen to our music on Bandcamp, you'd have to buy the album then it would be in your app and you could just play the album you know mm-hmm. you can play single songs but you can't really put together a playlist and be like i'm gonna listen to all their songs on random sure you know and mix in my favorite bands and have my daily playlist it's not so, as sophisticated but, right but it does directly help the artists right and way i way more as i understand it they are starting to implement that i know they just put together a playlist thing i haven't messed with it very much um it seems a little clunky but mm. it's a start man that's good yeah um, one other thing I want to mention too that for the listeners who don't know is or don't know you, um, well they know you more now because I hey guess <laughs> listen to the episode. But you do a ton for the the scene. I, I try think that it's like uh, I, that's a really cool thing that you do. Like you're very involved in all the doom metal, stoner metal, yep. like that that whole genre in Cleveland and in outside of Cleveland. Like yeah, when touring bands come through, like they're hitting you up, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I get hit up a lot for shows. Which is awesome because I get to play with some of my favorite bands sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, I also do a I do a festival. Oops, sorry, <laughs> the Ohio Doomed and Stone Fest. Um, so one of the things, like as I said earlier, like you know when I started Black Spirit Crown, it came from a, a two a decade at least fifteen years of not really being involved in music at all in Cleveland at all, let alone in Cleveland. So I was like kind of starting from scratch with no network. So how am I going to build a network? You got to get out there and you go to every show. You meet all the people. You start trying to have shows with all the bands. And so, you know, when, when we first started, like I pushed hard on that, man. I was going out to every show. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And I met so many awesome people. And like the, the music scene in Ohio is so deep. It's, it's incredible. And then, you know, you start meeting bands in Columbus, which also has an awesome scene. And then, you know, you start going to shows. You go out to a show in 
you know, West Side Bowl in Youngstown, and you're like, holy crap, this venue's amazing, you know, and then that, and that's kind of how you start to, that's, that's how you build your scene, you know, you get aware of all that, and you get involved in all that, and then you start booking at these places, you know, and you get to know the people, and so I've worked really hard to try and do that, and it's, uh, it's something that I think that I'm good at, like, I know for some people that's exhausting. Sure. Um, my wife is the opposite of me as far as that goes. Like, she doesn't want to go out and she doesn't want to talk to people. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to go out and talk to all the people. And she's like, okay, I'll see you at home when you're done. Have fun, honey. And that's fine. You know, that's, that works for us. That's cool. Yeah. Um, she comes out sometimes and, and, you know, she'll come out and support us, you know, when we're local and stuff. And that's cool because she's super hot. <laughs> but. <laughs> I didn't say that. Dan said yeah, that. Yeah, totally said that. <laughs> it's distracting sometimes. Like, oh, oh, I see. You're because you got a new pedal or something you want to get. So Don't, you're, dude. <laughs> you're throwing Don't. that out there, buttering her up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I guess that's awesome. But yeah, like, so and then so as as part of that, you know, I also became aware of Doomed and Stoned on Facebook. You know, because when we came up, they were they were one of the biggest kind of meeting spots for all these bands. You know. So um, really soon after Black Spirit Crown started to be kind of a thing, and we were playing around, you know, meeting people and stuff like that. Uh, Billy, the guy who is the, the uh, executive editor of Doomed and Stone and runs that whole thing, was asking, you know, he does these compilations, uh, you know, Doomed and Stoned in Indiana, Doomed and Stoned in the Carolinas, Doomed and Stoned in here and there, you know? And he was like, he wanted to do another one. And I was like, dude, I'll do Ohio. And he was like, okay. Sweet. And that's like how we met. And so I put together a compilation of, I think it was 36 bands. And it was the biggest one that we'd done, that he had done at that point. Nice. And so I met everybody. I met people from all over the state, killer bands from all over the state. Yeah. And then... uh how do people find those? Are those on uh, Doomed and Stoned has a band camp as well. You can get them there. To listen uh, to those yeah, they're, they are all free. They're name your price, so you can go on there and you can literally get it for zero dollars. Or if you do uh, decide to donate some money to it and, and pay for one of the compilations, all that money goes into the costs uh, in you know of putting together the compilations. Like we 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 retain no money from any of that. It all goes right back into. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that he does. He does a podcast too, the Doomed and Stone show. Um, I don't I'm sure you can check that out. Yeah. All over the place. Um very cool. Yeah. So then after the compilation, I was like, fuck it, dude. There's all these killer bands. We're gonna have a party. So I put together a fest, the Ohio Doomed and Stone Fest. Uh, I did two of them before COVID shut down. Uh they were both two day affairs. The second one had 34 bands over two days, which is a lot, man. I hope you had some help. That's a lot. I did. You know, a lot of people came up a lot. That's that's the other cool thing about the scene is so, but everybody who's in it is so invested and involved. Like you can always find somebody to help out with something like that Mm -hmm. because everybody wants it to happen. We're all, everybody wants everybody to succeed in this. You know, it's not like, this isn't one of those scenes where everybody's kind of antagonistic to each other and I don't want you to succeed because that might take away from my success that's not how it is at all in this in the doomsday especially at least in Ohio you know and at least the people that I've met from yeah. all over the country honestly uh, everybody's invested everybody's involved everybody wants everybody's kick-ass band to do kick-ass things and sure. that's super cool so when I was like hey guys you want to have you want to play my fest everybody's like hell yeah brother so those have been pretty good so can we look forward to one this summer then? I, I think so. Yeah, I gotta find Keep a going. I gotta find a venue. I've got a couple in mind. I gotta just decide, pick my date and commit. Did Buzzbin reopen in a new location or are they Buzzbin has relocated reopened in Akron. Okay. I haven't been out yet. Okay. I have to get out there. Um I think it's pretty new. Like they just opened. Yeah, I think it's maybe been a month. And we're recording this in October, so yeah, I think they opened at the beginning of, of October. I hope you find a venue because that's a, that's a really cool yeah. thing you do. Thank you. It's got to be two stages. Yeah, you got to have two <laughs> days for two, like you can't fit because yeah. I can't go back now, man. You know, <laughs> I can't. I can't not do thirty some bands. <laughs> you set the bar. I you set just... the bar too high for myself. <laughs> In but, hindsight, maybe yeah. less, but that's what you you know you made the bed, yeah. So humping it, yeah. So yeah, as as you alluded to, unfortunately, Buzzbin's original location closed in June, which was a month before my fest. 
was supposed to be at the end of July. So I spent like a solid two weeks talking to literally every conceivable, every venue that could conceivably think about hosting 30, I think it was going to be 38 bands over two days in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of them, you know, it was it was a month out. Everybody was super booked, so it was it ended up being really weird. And I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it was a disaster of, of small proportions. We we made it work, but but I the the upside is, is I made a lot more connections, and a lot of people were super interested. They just couldn't make it work on that sort short term. So yeah. I have a feeling that going forward. It might wander around the state from venue to venue, which I think would be really cool because it's the Ohio Doomed and Stone Fest. Like, I'd love to bring it all over Ohio, you know, and just because everywhere you go, you're going to have, you know, the region's going to be a little more saturated with different bands who maybe won't want to come play in Canton or Cleveland. But like, if they're from a town outside of Dayton and it's in Dayton, they'll be like, hell yeah. Sure. So I think that's just going to be would be a cool way to even find more bands you know and kind of knit the scene together like that's been a super cool thing about this is i i know that there are bands that have met each other at that fest and then gone on to like tour together because they met at that fest and that's cool that's that's uniting the scene and making it better that's awesome dude yeah yeah kudos to you for you know being a big part of that thank you yeah um anything else you want to add or i think kind of I feel like we kind of covered it, right? Covered a lot. Did we cover yeah, a lot. Good chat. Yeah, thank you. I was so worried I was going to come up here and be like, um, <laughs> what? I don't know. No, yeah, that was, <laughs> I got that pretty was chatty. <laughs> That's good, man. It's you know, it could be the beers. You know, could be the beers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming down. I really appreciate you know you, you doing this and, right and uh, best of luck to all your projects. And uh, we'll come out and support you. Yeah, dude. It's always awesome to see you at a show. I see you at my shows all the time, dude. And I appreciate your support. And I greatly appreciate you having me out to do this, man. It's Kick pretty cool. Ass. Yeah, dude. You no do problem. plenty for the scene yourself, man. Right on. <laughs> appreciate that, man. All right. Thanks, dude. All right. We'll see you around. All right.